This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the preview show edition of the Blue Monday podcast. A three times weekly show looking into all things Ipswich Town. I'm your host, Richard Woodward, and I'm delighted to welcome back the brilliant Harry from Bath. Harry, how's it going? Hi, Rich. Hello, everyone. Great to be here. All good. Good week. Nice to have the extra hour of the of the evening. Looking out the window here, it's no longer dark. Aha. Into the final act of the season. The clocks have gone forward. Um, the denouement yeah, of the, the season. The denouement, exactly. Because with a highbrow show, we can use we can love French words in there. We, we, exactly. No, I'd agree with that. I, the denouement is good with me. It really Monge is. Mange too, Rodney. Mange yeah. too. <laughs> Mange too. Mange too. <laughs> 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 no, it's been a good week. Um, uh, yeah, I've got a, we've got a lot of Bristol City going on down here. After me comprehensively writing them off with Vince at the um, when we went over oh, to they're annoying, Gate. aren't they? Um, Streakily back in all yeah. his vengeance. Yeah, okay, a couple of points. Mm. We've got some really tight. Get, they're they're playing nobody left who's kind of dull in mid table really, apart from Hull on the final day, and they could go mad. They still have to play Villa. There's a couple of tasty games. I think they've got Derby still. Middlesbrough. Town fans won't know this, but Middlesbrough see Bristol City as a bogey team. Bristol City have okay. been beating Middlesbrough for years. It's a bit like us never winning at Watford, that type of thing. It's it's a real bogey one, that. Um, and what Lee Johnson has done is he has put um, Vyman up front with Jiju. And that has worked because Jiju doesn't work with a little nippy striker because he's not physical enough. But Vyman has enough about him. And they also switched to wing backs as well, I think. So okay. Well, Vyman had a great game um, last week, didn't he? Hat trick. Exactly that. It's yeah. they've come they've come with a, with a model that worked. When they went one 0 up with Webster's goal against Middlesbrough, they then completely changed the formation. They brought, they went to a back four, I think, at half time, and they 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 basically circled the wagons, reckoning Pulis wouldn't score against them. So whether it's the old um, Paul Jewell thing with Johnson, he's found a model that works now. Whether it'll be enough to sustain them, how long it will last? The, yeah, yeah, whether it lasts. But I'll just mention it anyway. I'm watching what's going on there. It's fascinating. They're they're all very. Well, they're, yeah, the Robins are they're very excited at the moment. They're very giddy, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Any um, more words on their new badge as well? Uh, 
No, they're, they're, it's no, got quiet on that. Well, let's just say, exactly. The fact that they are so quiet about it would suggest that they're not exactly emotional. It just looks okay. it looks so dull and corporate. It really does. But that's about it, really, on the footy front over here. They say West Country were just keeping an eye on it. Bath City are doing well, too. They're on the... They're, they're, they've picked up... They had a really decent draw at home to Woking last Saturday, and they're looking good for the National League South playoffs, okay. which... Watch what's going... I'm watching what's going on there. There's a touch of Dulwich Hamlet about them. They're, they've... Mm. The, the group of supporters who are following them now it's not the old it's no longer an old working class club it's now you're seeing young professional footy hipsters footy hipsters <laughs> exactly exactly that you know it's uh, you know sort of you know decent dales in the ground and all the rest of it it's um uh, if we've got a little we'll keep a little bank account on that one if it, yeah, we'll see what happens next season but um as i say it's a world away from at least you know at least they know their games are happening every week unlike unlike yeah, we've well got, more on that later yeah. i was going to say <laughs> lemington are in the um <laughs> lemington have got to the final i, I I forget what the trophy's called. Some Midlands Cup. It's like oh, yeah. the um, the trophy, the, the Suffolk Cup, that we always enter and and mm. uh, always go out to someone crap because we can't be bothered to send a proper team. Yeah, well, Leamington are playing Villa in this kind of Midlands Cup against the Midlands under twenty or three something. So that would yeah. be good for them. I don't know That'd when it great. is. But, yeah. Um, so there you it's, go. It's, West it's Midlands Digest for you. I remember. I remember Bath played Odd Down. It's which is a bit of a. It's kind of like a, a Bath classical, really. But Odd Down is a team just to the south of this. It's suburban to the south of the cities. And I went to watch the game. And Bath wear black and white striped shirts and black shorts as ever the, Mac- the Romans that they are sort of Newcastle colours. And Odd Down came out and they were wearing yellow and green, Ooh. and that was it. <laughs> just hated straight away. Thought, oh, we've got to win this now. We've absolutely <laughs> got to win this. It's just utterly, utterly irrational. And apologies to the, I know a few Norwich fans listened to the preview show. Just it was just one of these kind of weird, visceral reactions when I saw it. So anyway, but uh, yeah, but Bath did win. I'm glad to say. So honour, honour was sustained. Good. Anyway, yeah. I'm anyway, happy. Tra- Indeed. Anyway, shall, shall we shall we reflect on Saturday? Yeah. Well, let, let's talk. Um, well, yeah. uh, there's two things I want to call out. Um, yeah. Number one is that I remember um, me slagging off Nigel Adkins, um, and you saying Nigel Adkins has found a way to get um, Grzycki playing. He's one of the players yeah. that has improved and um, a brace. Two good goals actually. Two um, mm-hmm. well worked goals. Jared Bowen, particularly the second one, yeah. um, albeit Scoosh probably should have um, kicked him into the dugouts. Um, any thoughts on this one, Harry? I, I want to get yeah. your thoughts on on Just, Paul Lambert's post match as well. But yeah, um, on the game, uh, there's something something did leap out. Um, I, I only watched the there was whole do whole are good. They put up an extended highlights package, which was great. Mm. So I was able to get a flavour of the game more accurately than just seeing the goals. Um, and I want to praise Dave because Dave. He made. He said something. It was a thunderbolt comment he made in the flagship show at the weekend when he started talking about match winners. Yep. And absolute moment, absolute light bulb moment when he said it. Time and again this season, this has been the only thing between us and our opponents in so many games. And I went through the games. Kamal Krasicki, you've got Jared Bowen in the two Hull games. You can add Tom Ince for Stoke, Pookie for Norwich, Harvey Barnes for West Brom, Tammy Abraham for Aston Villa. You know, in games where we're competitive, we're in the game, they, they have a match winner who can actually pull a rabbit out of the hat, who can come up in a moment of real quality yeah. and uh, you know I just want to you know have hats off today for spotting it when he said it it was such a moment of revelation and that's what we have lost that is one of the reasons why we're going down mm. um, and we were chatting I was chatting I had a good chat with Mullet on the phone last night what did we were Thursday so Wednesday night we were chatting and Mullet and I were, we were just discussing how many of her signings would have been regular starters in the team that begun mixed last season, as it were, because the level of quality, there were match winners in that team. And even though there weren't all goal scorers all the way throughout the team, there was just that extra layer of quality. I'm not praising Mick or getting into a Hurst 
um, Hurst v. Or Hurst v. Lambert debate. But it was clear, you know, it just it just highlighted um, how um, just how weakened our squad has become this season when you compare it to what we had last season. And of course, when we're mirroring it week in, week out up against these teams who all have a player or a couple of players who can just pull a moment out of nowhere yeah. and we just don't have it to give back it's so sad it's, anyway, yeah, it's someone to ping yeah. in a shot from outside the area or to yeah. get on the end of something and yeah it's, yeah. A, it's a great shout from Dave as well yeah. and, um, and Hull yeah. had two of them last week in Grizzly yeah. Kim Bowen and Judge yeah. is the player that we kind of hoping can, can fit there yeah. but he's as we discussed in the flagship show he's yeah there's a lot of endeavour but the end product is maybe lacking a little bit but um, good news potentially today that it sounds like he might be signing that deal getting closer and a league below yeah, yeah. he you know he could he could be like the McGeady for Sunderland I, I forget whether that was Dave who said that as well yeah um, it was on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. but that, that yeah. could be how important he is yeah I agree totally agree totally agree should we, yeah. um, should we quickly deal with the, the Lambert post-match um, hoo-ha yeah. Um, yeah. so Harry Butchers asked us about that and to be fair we dealt with it on, on the flagship show at quite length actually quite a lot of length mm. and, and I was fairly adamant that it was um, um, 2 and 2 equals 5 and Subsequently, mm. in his post, uh, his pre-match today, it appears that's been the case, which is always a nice to have a smug face. Um, but any, have you kind of got any remarks on on that, and on whether that's just frustration from Lambert or um, posturing maybe for more money in the transfer budget? Um, any thoughts on that, or whether it's just a bad at the office? No, I it, it, I have to say the comments put, put, put my partner at home here. I was, just, I was kind of going through it with her, and I was kind of emoting on Saturday evening when I read it. That oh dear God, no! The comments scared the comments scared the hell out of me because I mean I think Dave and I are returning into kind of Jeremiah's returning into prophets of doom about next season. Uh, we're not being too downbeat, but I I I next season will be difficult. We need Lambert so badly. Yeah. We really really do. Um, look, but looking back. I, I, I had a chat on Tuesday. I see my mate Vince, my Italian mate on Tuesday. We had a good chat about it, and Vince said something interesting. He said he felt that he was that Lambert was calling people's bluff. You know, this thing of the wins record versus you know Hurst or whatever, um, and it was almost like a version of Lambert saying, "I know how good I am, irrespective of what everybody else thinks. And if you can find someone better, so be it. I know what I can do with this team. If you want to go somewhere else, if you want to play that game, I'm not going to get to. I'm not going to play that game with you." I just felt that it was him just calling everyone's bluff out to say, you know, well, if that's what you think, well, I'm not going to stop you thinking it. But don't, okay. don't yeah, that, that's, that's how I That's an interesting different angle to it, actually. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, do like that. Yeah, yeah, I like it too. It does make sense. He's got a he's a man with great self belief, and I just don't think he suffers fools. And so, something like a comment like that, he'll just look at it and go, "For goodness' sake!" You know, he's got a very clear project. It did scare me though. I did worry. You'd start thinking about finances and everything. It just kind of made me think, "Ooh, hang on." Are, you know, is there a danger we'd lose him? But certainly, what are we? We're Thursday evening when we're recording, and. Um, his comments um, that came out today um, have all kind of just pretty much flattened it, haven't they? So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can we can all move on, which is great. Well, he's moved on to um, whatever this great thing is going to happen in the summer as well that he keeps, you know, teasing <laughs> for Marcus. Which I don't know if it's free free season tickets or a free pint or a I don't know, but um, yeah, he keeps uh, going on about that. So hopefully it will. Yeah. Just manage our expectations, boys. Just yeah. manage our expectations. Yeah, we we haven't had a lot for a long time, so um, just uh, you know, just take it steady. Take yeah. it steady. It's the same in the West Country. Yeah. Let's um, should we move forward to um the um, is it on or is it off? Is it on game <laughs> um, on Saturday? Uh, um, it's again, a miracle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we 
We're not going to go too far down the discussion of the owner and, and the situation there. Clearly not good. Um, another one of these kind of instances where you kind of think, well, um, there by the grace of God go I. That, you know, with commentary yeah. and Blackpool that we've talked about before. Um, still yeah. not out of the woods there at Bolton, but it's a sad situation from a, you know, a team where we have we've had scrapes and, and interesting challenges and um, matchups yeah. in the past. In fact, I've got the um, shirts yeah. from the uh, nineteen ninety thousand home and away shirts from that that yeah. season, the Barry Knight Derby, as <laughs> we should call it. Um, Indeed. Where do we start yeah, with this one, Harry? Um, um, let's, let's start with Barry Knight. Let's take it. Let's, Barry Knight, let's, yeah, take, it, let's take it chronologically because they're, st- they're still talking about it. I have a mate, Liam, whose dad. I did brief, quickly tell the story. And apology. I don't think I've said it, mentioned it before. Liam's dad is a an old school Bolton fan and um, I said to Liam impishly a couple of years ago I mentioned the name Barry Knight to him but I said he, you might get a reaction so Liam I, did, I see Liam about three days later and he says I mentioned Barry Knight to my dad on the phone and I said oh yeah I said what was the reaction he said uh, there was a little strange moaning down the other end oh Barry Knight Barry Knight Barry Knight he had to hand the phone over to to his, to, to Liam's mother and while Liam, Liam said while I was chatting to my mum I could hear dad in the background going oh Barry Knight Barry Knight in the distance <laughs> it was absolutely traumatised got to let it go <laughs> you've got to let it go oh dear no there were there, oh there was no, there were some great comments from them they were saying Brexit could be compared to Ipswich and David Sheepshanks trying to change the rules because the current ones don't suit and the referee is the biggest ever is this I won't repeat the word um they, they you know they've uh, they, again paraphrasing was it if you give Hofstad says Ipswich Jim Jilton and all the rest of them have a very no it's Donald Tusk Ipswich Jim Jilton and all the rest of them have a very special place in hell waiting for them it's really well, funny I mean, well they haven't let it go it's, uh, they're convinced because um the away goals rule had been changed and if it had been free all at 90 minutes we would have gone through after you know they would have gone through so we oh, absolutely yeah. well you, you won, know, they we, won we, the we, previous we rigged, we rigged the game they on away goals <laughs> they had theirs they had yeah. theirs and they didn't win it um, yeah and the other, one of the things I really want to do one of these days is, um, is sit down I've mentioned mm. this I think on the flagship before but three or four neutrals yeah. make them watch the game and call those decisions and yeah. to finally settle once and for all because as an Ipswich fan with blue tinted spectacles, but but even without, they look clear cut decisions, didn't they? Um, yeah, maybe yeah. Barry Knight failed to control the kind of temper and atmosphere of the game, um, but they're still legitimate decisions in my in my eyes. So um, yeah, maybe yeah. I'll make that happen one of these days. Well, it was it was it, they lost control, but Bolton players lost control. I felt Allardyce hyped them up when they went out, and Magilton spotted it, and he knew what buttons to push mm. just to tip them over the edge. And in a febrile atmosphere, you want a couple of kind of calm, cold excuse types out there who will be able to just to okay let's get some context on here and they just didn't have them and that's when they were flying into the challenges etc etc and they they ran up against a ref who stood up to them i've looked at it with a couple of neutrals here and there were a couple of yellow cards maybe you would question but penalty decisions red cards no 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 arguments about any of those um but yeah no it'll be a fun exercise to do with you know certainly as a as a podcast just to just to go over it and you know see, see if you could work up the video the incidents and then just you know I with a group put cameras on all yeah. of their faces or yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff well maybe yeah, we'll do that happens, one day yeah. and Magil- funny, just quickly on Magilton sorry yeah. I think probably people remember maybe the end of his career when you know there was always the kind of I think Mikey's dad was it the live show kept saying sideways Jim or whatever sideways Jim but that night summed Magilton up as a footballer because he was yeah. he was he was able to 
um, get on the bigger t- big occasions. He raised mm. his game. He yeah. he dragged us across the line in that fixture. I thought. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I'd agree. But I think he also read the situation really well. Mm. It wasn't Magilton was very controlled. He knew what he was doing. If you look back, you can see the moments where he knew him and what, Whitlow. Yeah, you knew he knew what buttons to push. Yeah. He knew what buttons to push. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, let's. Mm. We, you, so, <laughs> do you want to take? You didn't take it in chronological order. Is there anything up until uh, the present or? No, it's just it's really ironic because the pre the, the last game that was at Portman Road was also had a red card for a Bolton yeah, player, but it was as, as it was as dull as the playoff game was dramatic. The nil all draw. Oh. I think they'd have been they could have still been playing and it would have it, they'd still never have scored. And in a way, it sums up the issue for both teams. I think both of them are um, both teams are suffering big team lack of quality and. Um, specifically a lack of quality lack of, in, the, uh, in the final target. Yeah, the lack of yeah. goals. And, and yeah. we were discussing beforehand, we wouldn't be surprised if this one ends up nil-nil as well. Yeah, it could um, be. Very easily. I mean, this is, this is a kind of looking through... Bolton's record is really weird. And yeah. I've got... My mate Dan has said, you know, how this kind of how shit must you be kind of phrase. Like, we are below Bolton who might go out of business at the end yeah. of the season, who might have a yeah. points deduction, who can't score goals. Bolton have scored two less goals than us. We've got the same goals against record. So they've mm. got two less goals from us. But they've got eight wins, Harry. Eight wins. Um, eight yeah. draws and then 23 losses. So they're, And they're five points um, adrift. But yeah. you kind of look through the squad and think, well, this is exactly where I would have expected Bolton to be. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and um, you know the the striking situation, the goals. You know, we've got McGuinness on six. I think is he their leading goal scorer, as as in yeah. front man. You know, yeah. this is a team that, let's be honest, doesn't really deserve to survive as well, does it? We're no. we're kind of two peas in the same pod, aren't we? They've just yeah. managed to beat a few of the teams around us where we've drawn with them, maybe. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, one of them said, uh, "Let's be fair. We haven't been good enough over the whole season." But they keep they, they keep lagging these wins every so often. Mm. The re- the record against the teams in the lower third. If you look at the bottom, other the other bottom seven teams, the other six teams around them with Bolton as as another one. The twelve they've played eleven out of twelve games against the six teams around them. They've won five, drawn five, and lost one. So they are yeah, there. You go that you know against anything north of that in the table. They're hopeless. They just can't get anything. But um, and one of them said there always seems to be one seemingly doomed club who ends up picking points up when they shouldn't. Why can't that be us? You know, they they you know because they're as I say winning at Queens Park Rangers. You know, they, you could argue they picked they played them at the perfect time. Yeah. We played them. We played them at the worst time. But one of them also said, "Damn them for giving us hope." You know, they've almost they were quite comfortable with the fact that okay, well we're going to go down. The players have been on strike this week for not getting paid. You know, the games aren't barely going ahead. Let's just write the season off and then they go and beat Queen's Park Rangers and I'm thinking oh blimey hang on <laughs> we, could, we could get out of this we could still do this yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. Um, to be fair to them the bigger problem is the financial problems that they've got yeah. and they, they're desperate they're crying out for a, ter- uh, a takeover that, that's, let's put things in context I mean one of them said compared to our financial problems relegation is a stub toe that's how they see it. Um, it's the reality is we've been down for a while. It's all about what happens when someone takes us over. That's, yeah. yeah, that's the you know that's 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 context. It's kind of similar you. to Sunderland, yeah. isn't it? If you watch the Sunderland yeah. Till I Die documentary, yeah. it's kind of yeah. you know they're they're lumbering on with LS Shaw, and then at the end of the season there's a takeover, and suddenly there's a little bit bit more optimism. But yeah. um, I just yeah. want to talk about um, Phil Parkinson, if I may. They're, yeah, you know they survived. Um, on the last day of the season last season, didn't they? I think it was uh, Mm. like the last minute of the last day of the last season. And Mm -hmm. you know what you're going to get with Phil Parkinson, 
but it's he's kind is he not in the same kind of category now as um Mick and Pulis and Sam in terms of you know the football has maybe moved on a little it's a bit more nuanced than and maybe yeah. that is holding them back as well. Is that is that fair? Because he's very much yeah. four at the back, maybe four across the middle as well. Yeah. Um, is there a sense that maybe he's taken them as far as he can, or is it just because they've not been able to strengthen and bring in quality? It's it's a bit of both. If you asked most Bolton fans, they would say it's probably two thirds Parkinson, one third money. That's how they'd be, roughly, you know, as a, as a rough kind of estimate. Um, well, yeah. Uh, the, 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 the tactics, I think he, I think he's done brilliantly given their financial constraints, keeping them up last year, getting them up. I mean, given yeah. that they've got these financial sorts of Damocles hanging over them all the time, I think most of them want him out, and there is a suspicion amongst fans that the club haven't been able to afford to get a replacement in. So they're kind of limping along oh, okay. but that, you know, but um, the, the criticisms tactically are one of them summed it up. It's, and this going back to what you're saying about Mick and Pulis, um, his backing off defensive strategy has been negative in spades and asks teams to come and get us. Um, he, you know, in other words, they play so cautiously and so defensively that they give opponents time in the game to establish a rhythm, particularly against the bigger teams. Now, against the weaker teams in the bottom third, they may not have it about them to get after, get get stuck into them. But when you, if you're doing, if you sit back and play defensively and cautiously against a Norwich or against the Leeds when they've got their tails up, you know, you're asking for trouble. They're going to, they, they will come at you. They will develop a rhythm and a tempo, and they will unsettle you. They'll start pulling you apart and finding spaces. And that's been the pattern in a lot of games. Um, they call him one of them said the sooner we get rid of this stone age manager the better um, and there was there was one particular game they beat Queen's Park Rangers after the international break which has kind of suddenly woken up the port it's opened the portal again thinking oh, we might get out of it but the game be immediately before the international break when they lost 5-2 against Wigan yeah that was a big defeat wasn't it yeah huge it cannot be overstated how bad that was um, there was the third goal poor old Remy Matthews the goalkeeper <laughs> yes it's an, it's bloopers time we he called this out I think is it so I think I I talked about this on the flagship show because there was yeah. a video that someone posted midweek of of a, of a, a striker lingering behind the goalkeeper as he rolls yeah. the ball out to take a kick, and yeah. then it happened the same weekend. And I'm sure someone, I'm sure I forget who it was for Wigan. It, it um, happened to be, it happened midweek in a League Two game between Carlisle and North County, where you can oh, see. Okay. You could see the player kind of disguising himself as a goalpost. He was literally trying to camouflage himself against the goalpost. The keeper rolls the ball out in the Carlisle game, and the North County guy legs it up and 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 nicks it. If I, if I, no, it was the other way around. It was Carlisle player scoring against North County, and this exactly what happened against Wigan. The same thing. Matthews rolls the ball out. The um, Wigan player nips in around, passes it to a teammate, bang, three nil. Um, but more fundamentally, in that game. Parkinson's judgment with selections came into question. He left out three players. He left out Wheater, Olkowski and Amiobi. Now, those three players, um, David Wheater, Pavel Olkowski, the right back, um, and Amiobi, the winger, are probably three of their best quality players. This was a local derby against a main relegation rival, and they completely blew the game. Mm. And before the, it was one of those before when the team lineup was put out, you look on the match day thread and everybody's going, what on earth is going? It's a bit like us in Brentford before, back before Christmas. Oh, it. hang on, what's going? What's what's going on here? Exactly. You all know the bingo machine. They talk about the bingo machine, um, and um, so it's a combination of conservative tactics and erratic decisions and a couple of players I think Mark Little is one if I'm not mistaken he's one of the yeah the right back who again has been um, fairly decent 
but he's been dropped for Alkowski. And then when or he and when Alkowski has his form has dipped, dipped as the season has gone on. So what does um, what does Parkinson do? He replaces him with Jason Lowe at right back. Um, so and like Lowe, Jason Lowe, Lowe a holding midfielder is a holding midfielder. And I can then sum up this because you love this. This is the this is in the Wigan game. He was he was he was substituted injured after six minutes, and was one of them said Jason Lowe was booked injured and gave away the free kick for Wigan's opener in six action-packed minutes. <laughs> then he, so he was out of position at right back. He did his ankle ligament, so he's out for the rest of the season. Oh, wow. But he, he went, you know, it's kind of like, my work here is done. Yeah. You know, conceded yeah. the opener, you know, picked up a yellow card and managed to get himself crocked. At least he's anyway, getting paid. He'll probably be paid. Yeah, yeah he will be paid, hopefully. Anyway, but, uh, you know, so to say, you know, it, 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 never dull. But that that's typifies some of the eccentric decisions we'll come on and talk about Callum Connolly as well he's playing mm. really well as a holding midfielder he's settled in they've, they've, he they've scored, found a role for him did he score last week? he did against Queen's yeah. Park Rangers he fought, he a really good he follow a couple I think yeah. he has but against Sheffield Wednesday they, they, he played well in a game against Millwall about four or five games four games back where they won 2-1 and what does Parkinson do he then switches him out to left back where against against Sheffield Wednesday they beat Millwall 2-1 him, him and Joe Williams as a decent holding midfield pair. Oh no, we won't have that. You go to left back and Sheffield Wednesday do them. It's that's the kind of thing that when you make those strange decisions yeah. and then they you yeah. compound the, by losing. Yeah. I mean that yeah. or, or yeah. players get off injured and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it's it's yeah, it, it's it's frustrating. That's that's why that's why they want him out basically. Yeah, yeah. Where should we start with the team? So we. I, um, should we start at the back and work our way forward, or yeah, we can, let's start at the back and build, build up, build up. Um, we're beginning a quick overview on them. Um, the big th- two, you know, two big themes, as we said it right at the beginning, the lack of quality right the way through the team. Um, and they talk about this. They say our style is defensive because we're better at that than attacking, because they're pretty hopeless at attacking. That's, mm. So you could argue maybe Parkinson's looked at what he's got and said, look, if I go, if I go out, if I op- if I play an open game here, we could get murdered. You could argue that, but it's all about containing being compact and not giving any space. That's what they try and do. And um, when they talk about moves always breaking down when they go past the central midfielders, when you get to the wide, the two wingers or you get to the striker, it, it generally seems to disintegrate. It was, um, one of them said, um, how hard is it picking a team these days? You keep thinking there might be someone better in the squad, but there isn't. Um, they really want a total clearing of the decks. Um, I mean, they've got a big and, um, squad, isn't it? But it's just, it's either yeah. ageing, inexperienced, or yeah. just randoms that, I, yeah, yeah, I couldn't tell you about, but well, yeah, let's let's yeah, talk through it, them, shall it, we? And figure it, out. It's, it's, yeah, it's very, it is very ill-fitting. It really is. Um, looking at the defence for starters, um, it, there, this this anybody who was at the Portman Road, Road game will know exactly. Will, this will sound very familiar. Our defence much prefers dealing with long balls whirled forward than strikers with pace and trickery running at them. Um, Mark Wilson. Move, yeah, exactly, yeah. Movement is the one thing that kills our centre-backs. Um, and there was a rather amusing line. One of them said, I enjoy watching the pre-match practice where our defence move together in a line and then totally forget how to do it when the match starts, which I thought was rather sweet. We've seen that happen. It's like actually. our striking practice, Harry, that is, yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's you really know where bad. the goal is, but it doesn't matter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. basically they've got, a, they've got some heart of oak centre-backs who are really good at what they do if it's in the air and they can, deal, they can handle that. But if you can isolate them, and in a way... Where they've managed to get some balance is by putting in two industrious central holding midfielders in front of them who can actually screen them to stop the players running through at them. Right. So they're almost like the they're, they're almost like the, they're, they're, they're the two defensive walls initially. So if anybody does get through, 
they'll have been properly softened up for the defenders to be able to deal with. And anything in the air then, players like Wheat or um, Mark Beavers, they can they can hoover up anything aerially all day long. Mm. So um, that's but that is the weakness. As I say, if you can get Jackson in running at them or get Alan Judge running at them, that's the thing. Run at them, commit them. You will either pick up set pieces or you'll pick up chances and see, see and see what we can do with them. Um, so the back, a, the back two, uh, sorry, the two centre backs are likely to be one of Wheater, Beavers, Hobbs. Hob, Hobbs is the other alternative. Wilson yeah. is so yeah. Wilson was sent off for Paul Riders. Yeah, is he out of the picture or is he? He's, he is. He, he was on the bench um, against Park Rangers, but he is he is very much a backup option now. Um, quickly on the keeper, we'll start right at the very back. Just quickly, Remy Matthews. Interesting one. This Matthews was on loan. He's keeping Ben Anik out of the team now. Um, he was taken on loan from Norwich and then there was a kind of one of those weird bits in the January transfer window when he was recalled by Norwich. It was one of those on loan with a view to buying in January. And there was another one, was a Christian Deutsch, the striker, who ended up going back to Forest Green because... Oh, because um, they couldn't pay the fee or something. They couldn't, they couldn't pay the fee. And I don't know whether it's true well, or they not. Weren't, or I, he wasn't being paid or something. There was some that's weird... Right. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of back and forth between yeah, the, Bowen the and Forest, Forest Green, wasn't there? Yeah, Vince wasn't happy at all. But Matthews went back. There was, a, there, was an, there was an ambiguous fortnight in early January. But then Matthews came back and joined permanently. He's a North City youth product, 25. Um, and he has he's come into the team... In some of his early games, he was very poor on crosses and flapping and everything, flapping at everything. But he has looked more assured. Um, but he does mix. They said um, he has some great games mixed with the odd inexplicable error, yeah. such as with the one we just talked about. Yeah. Apparently, he had and a twenty-five-year-old as well. You know, it's yeah, still yeah. young for a keeper, isn't it? Yeah. But if you watch some of the highlights videos, he has made some fairly decent saves. I think he's one of those. He's cutting his teeth. He will get there. He's, you know, it's like a, a new centre back coming in and missing a tackle. But obviously, as a goalkeeper, you do it, and the consequences are greater. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. He did look dodgy, but he, you know, very glued to his line. Um, but uh, he's he fundamentally he is good. So they they, they will absolutely live with that. Um, being colossal in some games, and he's grown his confidence picking, you know, crosses, etc. Mind you, when you've got these. When you've got these units defending in front of you as well, it's kind of helps your confidence. Yeah. Process. Yeah. The the chief unit of them all, Wheater. He hasn't played in a couple of games. He's been in. A, he has been in and out of the team, but he did start against Queens Park Rangers. Um, he's been at the club since 2011. And there are some parallels with Chambers, I think, in terms of that he is at a time when the club isn't in its greatest era. He would be an out-and-out Hall of Fame player, if that makes sense. Yeah. That he's somebody who's held the team he's together. A stalwart. He was, I mean, he was really highly rated at Borough, wasn't he? I think there was a point where he may have been close to an England call-up for yeah, Borough, yeah, if, yeah. if not got one. Um, yeah. I, I think when we spoke about him in September, I think we'd discuss how slow he, he'd become, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's not too old. I think he's just turned 30, 30 31, I think, maybe. I haven't done a 32, but you could be right. Okay. I think he's early, early 30s anyway, he's around that. But yeah, yeah. Just, I just recall us discussing how slow he'd become. Yeah, but they, there, there are elements in terms of the leadership he gives the team. He, he's a focal point for them. And they said he will emerge as a legend by the time all this is done. He has that dedication. Mm. Um, a big, tall, strong unit whose skill is winning headers. Always heroic. Gives us all. Puts his head, body, and even his chin on the line. He's always got a, I think he's got a distinctive chin. I don't know. Does, yeah. But uh, but they, they have said again, time is catching up with him again. He's looked way off the pace. Gets turned too easily. Um, but uh, he, he also struggles to play games in close succession, which I think is something worth bearing in mind 
line with Chambo as well, I think. I think he made one Rick late on in the Bristol City game, and a few people took him out for that. You'd actually be more sympathetic, given that it was a midweek game which had followed on straight after. You know, just allow for the fact that they are human, mm. and you know, mistakes do get made. Well, I think and Lambert would rotate if he had the options, but as we've seen, we've got injuries we'll left, right, and centre, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. That you know, we have nobody else exactly. Mm. Um, but they they do love him. And but uh, yeah, I'm fearful of strikers running at him. One of the you know that's 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 what you do. It's another it's Aiden Flint kind of thing. Um, it'll be interesting. Beavers is an interesting because I remember him when he was at Millwall, and Millwall fans really rated him very highly. He was he was probably he's um, he he's calm. Calmness is one of the things they like about him. Um, he's starting to use the ball more sensibly, and he has scored. I think he scored something like four he's, goals. Yeah, he's one of their top scorers. Yeah, yeah presumably from of, set you know, pieces. Is yeah, it? exactly. He trundles up and gets them, yeah. yeah. But um, but uh, they talk about his aimless nine irons and his <laughs> habit okay. of smashing the ball aimlessly 50 yards down the pitch. Um, but uh, he was a, they said he was a whipping boy for his infamous hoofs, but he's now defending well. His passing is improving. There is Somebody did say, actually, that Parkinson is trying to get them to play the ball out from the back insofar as you can and one of the reasons why Matthews is playing a goal is because it's very green shoots but that's there is that model but it's something they are actually okay. trying to trying to do so it's it, within their limitations if you see central um, midfielders drop back as well then i guess you yeah can they do, do. That, can't you? so you can you can then start to you can start to play through the thirds so as i say beavers is another version he's a, he's a left-sided wheater basically it's in a similar in a similar way again 29 he's you know again a lot of experience he's you know the heart evoked defender jack hobbs is the other one and now his unique super superpower is the fact that he's even slower than wheater <laughs> um he only has reverse gear he, they said he must be the slowest player in our defense for a long time well interesting thing this has come up in three different games i spotted um three different threads they said he regularly caught, gets caught out by sly shoves to prevent him channel, challenging for the ball so he does sometimes it's something you know if you're a streetwise striker someone like joey garner or whatever you can see right okay get a little just throw him off balance before the ball comes into screen into into shot and you can then take advantage of it there's, it's, there's been a pattern of that which has come up um, they like Hobbs because what he is very good at is he's exceptional positionally he doesn't aimlessly hoof the ball every time he turns the ball he's probably the least non-footballing of them all if that makes sense and he's also a very calming influence a great at reading the game if only he had any amount of pace that's mm. his problem that's well his there's weakness. a reason well, he's a bolster isn't he so yeah, 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 yeah. He came from ex Forest, I think, originally. Yeah. A quick, quick one-liner on Wilson because he does. He's played. He's been used in midfield. He had one great game in midfield against Stoke, but they said about him when he was playing further up the field, he has attributes to play in midfield, but vision isn't one of them. So, yeah. he, so he, okay. you know, he was getting the ball and God knows where it was going. And but he can put his foot on the ball at the back. But um, and diplomatically, they did talk about the game. General consensus: it was a red card. Uh, the the game when when he was sent off. They said it was not ideal for Wilson to be isolated in a one-on-one challenge. With Jackson, <laughs> understatement of the week. Um, it was it said his attempt to make the challenge was genuine, but it was still a red card. So, yeah. um, yeah, as I say, another one of these. I mean, looking at the ages of them all, Wheater is thirty-two, Beavers. I've got, if I've got it right, twenty-nine. Wilson thirty-one, Hobbs thirty. You know, they're 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 starting to the wine is starting to go over as it were. But the, as I say, it's um so that that that's the heart. But but that said. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. 
For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. That's probably one of the strongest areas of the field. Right, OK. Yeah, yeah, so. um, at full-back then, um, you mentioned Olkowski. Yeah, Olkowski, who we praised back in the, in the, yeah. the autumn. Is he the Polish uh, right-back? Poland international came from FC Cologne, um, and uh, but he the, he has during the season um, Parkinson has played with wing backs at some points, and it just doesn't work as a wing back. He really has struggled, and he's he's one of those players who's actually regressed as the season has gone on. Okay. Um, they know he can be a decent right back with the right manager, so you know who's getting the blame. Um, <laughs> as a wing back, he gets forward without realizing he also has to get back. This was a really telling comment. One of them said, "As a wing back, he was so happy to find Donaldson in the channel rather than driving on and crossing to Donaldson in the box." Right. If okay. that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. Highlights an uncertainty. My job here is done. In terms, yeah, exactly, I just get rid of the ball. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, but they've said that he was great. He was brilliant. Again, it's going back to the partnerships thing. Brilliant for the first ten games of the season with Sami Amiobi in front of him. That worked really, really well. As the team. and I remember us talking about that. It did work. But with Parkinson messing around with formations, he seems to have gone backwards, and he absolutely hates playing as a wing back. But um, but he is probably one of the few quality players that they they have in the team. And again, dropping him against Wigan just did you know it didn't make sense. He I think he was the one who came on that set after six minutes. So uh, you know so he did he wasn't dro- he wasn't that dropped. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well. Yeah. But um, anyway. Left back Andrew Taylor. Um, He's ex- been around a bit for it. Yes, he another Yeah, Borough Cardiff Wigan. Exactly. He's been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. He's 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 better at defending than going forward. Um, but he's not even brilliant at defending. Um, some games cry out for Taylor to have some courage and get down the line on the overlap, and he's always petrified because if he loses the ball, we're exposed. And one of them said, if he isn't taking one of his 40 throw-ins, his involvement is, key, is being involved in Keystone Cops defending. Um, but they, they said about him, and I don't know what to make of this, they said, if he's, no, he's no world beater. In fact, he's really poor. But at least he has some of the qualities needed to play at left back. And I'm kind of, but no, well, nobody mentioned, nobody mentioned any, any of the qualities. They talk about him panicking any time the ball comes near him. He must be, I think my guess is, reading between the lines, solid defensively without the ball, possibly a good tackler, good at, you know, holding, you know, shutting down a flank possibly. But that's about it. But don't expect anything in an attacking sense from him. But um, he's, um, yeah, he's not, he's not, he's, he's certainly not a threat. 
he's certainly not going to be hammering down the hammering down the flanks. And the Mark Little is the other one, and the, and fans have been really frustrated that he hasn't turned up. One small side point: Daniel Batty was one we didn't spot last week who came on against Hull mm. or started against Hull. I wonder whether managers who are playing Ipswich will look and think, ah, oh, hang on, this is if we're going to try and bring a player back from injury, Ipswich is probably the most likely game in which to do it. Okay. Really? Because Batty that's is a very, that's who we are now. That's you know, it's just a thought. You know, you're trying to think. Well, you know, we're, you know, it's like us coming to the end of the season. We're not going to put all the kids out against Leeds. Hopefully not. I could be wrong. But it's that type of thing. You would be more inclined not to. More accurately, I think. But um, we called the but, um, the the whole defensive changes as well. Just to we did pat, pat yeah. ourselves on the back as well. We called yeah. Lehigh, didn't we? And yeah, I think we you did, said yeah. Device was like to come back as well. So yeah, he was. Yeah, so we got that. But it was interesting, Batty, because Batty again is more dynamic and more front foot. And when I saw Adkins' starting lineup, I was frightened. I thought, oh, he hasn't got really an out and out sitter in there. They've obviously decided he's looked at what we've got and decided we can actually take the game to Ipswich, mm. which was um, which was how it worked out. But uh, the reason I mentioned Mark Little is because he's been totally sidelined. But just given the pattern of managers suddenly bringing back players from the cold Doing a bit of rotation against yeah, us, yeah. It, it could be him um okay. and uh, it's i'd be surprised that, you know they don't like they don't like the way parkinson has excised him is how they described it they also said though he was a threat going forward so he is a more attacking he's a right back so it's a usual thing they've got two good right backs and they don't have a left back um, but they said he was a threat going forward but he was also capable of being a defensive liability and they said he's, it's that balance. Modern fullbacks must strike, and he was often given pelters for being too for being too far advanced. You know, he he didn't have the balance that a fullback needs. But but little might he's he's the other one of the defence. But I think my guess would be you're probably looking at Taylor on one side, Olkowski on the other, and then I would be surprised to Weeter and then one of Hobbs or beavers in the middle i was just thinking harry it's, it's like yeah. the start of the season when you were when we were going through these teams and picking out all these weaknesses and how yeah. confident you were making us all feel and mm. reading out these descriptions yeah. now of all these players yeah. so solid championship pros you know these are names that yeah. most people have heard of i think and to hear them yeah they could yeah they could hardly do it at this level anymore is um is confidence boosting but can we are we good enough to take advantage is the is the age yeah. of question um should we talk it about is. the uh these two central midfield loanies then yeah. they're kind of sitters yeah. as you call them uh yeah. williams the la- the la- who the we sh- well the latter yeah. we know quite well we do indeed yeah the two the two lads from everton they work well it's you know we always talk about bonds and partnerships they there's a sense i don't know but one's 21 one is 22 so they've probably played with each other going mm. through the years at everton so they know each other they know each other's games incredibly well Connolly, we saw didn't get on well at wigan but since he's gone into um bolton him and joe williams as two holding midfielders have worked really really well the problem in midfield that Bolton have is that they're, they're all very, very similar. Um, you've got uh, Williams, you've got Connolly, you've got Wilson when he plays there. You've got Jason Lowe who's out injured, Gary O'Neill, and then you look at Josh Vela. You know they're all they're all Luke Murphy. They're all good industrious players, but midfield. But none of them are a midfielder that can actually unlock a defence or you know c- can provide a moment of fantasy or a moment Sounds of like real imagination <laughs> exactly that they've yeah. nobody who can just uh, you know they don't have any locksmiths in there but they're very they're all very good without the ball do you, i mean I, I wrote down about conley can i just um, say that i'm great um, without the ball as well harry yeah. <laughs> I can, i've said that all my career <laughs> yeah, literally. oh dear it's a uh, it's pretty yes uh, the, the other euphemism i've written down here is that conley i think conley particularly is one of those players who's loved more by managers than supporters if i can put it like that you yeah. know 
well, if, you, if you're versatile, that usually works yeah. in your favour. It does, if the manager, yeah. Less so with the yeah. Yeah, and and also as I say, I think sometimes a player, you know, someone like Mick or whoever would see, and certainly Lambert would see ten times more going on in midfield than certainly I would as a fan watching in from the outside. But I mean, Connolly and Williams, they they are almost they're. they're, they're kind of cutouts you know you could argue actually in many ways that Connolly you could describe him as a 21st century wing half you know he's that type <laughs> of looking back looking back to the old the old kind of in the Billy Baxter you know. mode you say Billy Baxter mode possibly that indeed before Baxter ended up playing in the back line that idea of being a, a defensive uh, midfielder but playing on one side as it were because that the wing half position that's what it was somebody sit who would sit in a world when they played it with the back two there weren't any full backs so their job would be to you know, in in that midfield three, you'd have a left and a right wing half, um, sort of covering the ground. When the game not, was kind of dealt yeah. within quadrants or something, or sectors or whatever. Yeah, it, it was a very different dynamic. So you often, if you had a three, you'd have an ordinary conventional back three, but sometimes you'd have a back two, and the wing half would be responsible for covering out wide as okay. well. It's an interesting role. So you could argue that, you know, excuse Connolly, that type of holding midfielder come fullback, that role has just evolved into two specialist roles. The Ming half role has. It's interesting. But listening to the way they described Connolly, actually, the Bolton fans, you could see him becoming another cold skews in time. That's the best way I can describe it. They talk about his reading of the game and his ability to spot danger. Um, he gives them energy as well. He makes some fantastic blocks. He's steady without being out and out fantastic or being poor. Very committed and willing to get stuck in. He covers a lot of ground. They say he's tidy without being spectacular. We know all of this anyway. He's an all-round energetic type rather than a midfielder with any excellent ability that makes him stand out so you won't come away with a Hollywood moment you go ooh but you know but you take him out of the team and he is badly missed and they really praised him and Williams for their performance against um, against um, QPR, QPR. Yeah. and with O'Neill sitting in front of them they felt that that actually worked as a really industrious midfield three you know you always look at that balance across the whatever you've got in the centre is it working effectively as a unit within the team um, Williams similarly you're going to hear the same thing again works his socks off winning the ball well using it well gives us plenty of legs I love his tackling they think he should be a box-to-box midfielder but his final ball is poor he creates nothing his distribution is shocking there's a decent football in there with the right teammates and coaching and that's interesting because he's still quite young isn't he he's only 22 exactly that it kind of reminded me a little bit of Teddy Bishop as well in that if Teddy is playing for us next season and fingers crossed he is his role as a slightly more senior player in the Ipswich midfield, I think would be different to the role that he had when he was able to play in with more experienced players. For example, in the famous two-all draw at Bournemouth when he scored that goal. Mm. He, you know, in a way, I think his role will will evolve on a stage as well. And I think just I was thinking about Williams and that as well. That you know, he's this is what he is now, and in a more experienced midfield, he could sit comfortably. But now he's being asked to give more. He's they want him to play a more of a leadership role in what's quite. You know, you've got two a twenty-one. Oh, it's a big ask, isn't it? That it is a big ask you have a 21 year old and a 22 year old and Gary O'Neill sitting in front of them is 35 so you know it's you know that's it's it's an interesting one they think he they they thought he was a box-to-box player but he's creating little his distribution is poor they want him to look up and try things a bit different that's the you know he that's that's you know it's 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 all a little bit head down but him and Connolly together they're good at ferreting around good at protecting the kind of slightly static back line that they have and um they should start against us. I'd be stunned if they don't. And as for O'Neill, it's hard it's to know. It, it, isn't he? he is. I mean, 35. I mean, he's played. I mean, looking through his CV. I mean, he's a classic CV game character. There's Portsmouth Borough, West Ham, Queen's Park Rangers, Norwich. Norwich. Yeah, yeah, as well. Exactly. Um, but um, they said about him, they love him. Um, 
I I I think I call them a four five one rather than anything else to be honest rather than a four four one because O'Neill does drop back but um we'll see they still they, they, his professionalism is the thing they adore if we had eleven Gary O'Neills we wouldn't be in this mess he's probably too old but he works his socks off they, it's a pity he's not younger his ball retention is excellent his composure as well that's the other thing they like about him when he is in the final third he can but he doesn't quite have the quality but he he generally makes the right calls so he knows what to do with or without the ball but it's just it's not incisive enough i guess is the best way to describe it he doesn't right. have the he doesn't have the out and out threat that someone like i don't know if you were to put Ibarichi easy or even alan judge on a good day in there you know who can you know who can hopefully sort of pick pick out pick out a good path i suspect path the and, mind is willing but the mm-hmm. body maybe not so able anymore it, it, could, it could be it could be that exactly he's played yeah. at the top level for quite some time hasn't yeah he, he has indeed yeah he's yeah, you don't lose it. No, exactly. Um, so, but he, as I say, very experienced. So, I think O'Neill in front of those two. Some quick one-liners on the others. This is a real where are they now? This character, Luke Murphy. I remember Luke Murphy. I think he scored a wonder goal for Crew in a playoff game way back. He's 29 now. He was on loan last season at Burton, and he played for Lee. Uh, for Lee, this was when he played for Leeds, and he's he's kind of regressed really. Um, they think he should be a. Um, he should be a deep line playmaker, but he's drifted out of the team. He's full. Of, he's very composed, but he isn't a battler runner or a passer. They don't know what type of midfielder he is. Um, does he run? Does he tackle? Does he pass? Does he shoot? Does he organise? There seems to be none of the above. Even though when he's always looking to play the ball forward, and he does look forward when he has the ball, but he hasn't been able to. He hasn't been able to make it happen this season for them. It could be the quality that's at the other end. I mean, you know, you need players at the other end to give you the, give you the options. And we, when we come on to the strikers, we'll talk about the lack of movement. But Murphy's an interesting one. Um, Vela. I was going to bring on, yeah, Josh Vela because we were linked with him pretty much for about three transfer windows in a row, I think, when Joe was in charge. And I think he probably suffers from the versatility issue as well because I think he can play right back, defensive midfield, centre midfield, I think, maybe even right right midfield as well. Yeah. What's what's the story there? Because he was the next big thing for a while, wasn't he? He was. I think he had a very. One of them said it was several of them said this actually. He's not been so effective since Zach Clough left the club. I think him and Clough worked really, really well together. And when Clough went, he lost his wingman. And the two of them, they were good foils for each other, as it were. Has he had um, injuries as well? No, the, the thing, the, no. the criticism, no, no big discussion about that. He, it's uh, the word, one word, lightweight. Mm. Um, he isn't physical or strong. He routinely gets dispossessed by nippy opponents. He never wins a header or a tackle. If he's the heartbeat of the team, why can't he pass, shoot, tackle or win a header? He runs around but can't compete. He is very much a fringe player now. When did he last play? I'm just looking here. He had a, He's had a couple, one start and one substitute appearance in the last eight games. So he really is. He has drifted out. And the other final midfielder worth mentioning, is Luca Connell, holding midfielder come defender. Um, he's 17, youth product. And they're worried, some of them are worried that he's being hyped up a little bit too much. Um, they think he is somebody, he could be another Zach Clough or another really decent midfielder. But he's, he's they, they said he's not, he won't be ready to have the influence Jason McAteer did when he broke through. Because McAteer was a, a, a Bolton youth product who did really, push on um they think he's he, it would be brilliant if they could build a team around him but he's miles off that yet and isn't ready to shoulder that responsibility no, no pressure yeah no, no pressure but they like a decent first touch and has a bit of movement but he's he's even more lightweight than zach clough was at his age but just mentioned the name luca connelly make him off the bench yeah. or you know he might even start depending on depending on what parkinson does so as i say but the midfield as i say it's again looking at it there's nobody in there who will really hurt us but it's organised and it's efficient. And going back to what they were saying about Parkinson at the top of the show, 
about the way he's um you know he's got them organized defensively and they've got a good shape about them you can you know there's we've already now covered what seven, uh, eight of the starting 11 and that's what you're getting before we move on to the attacking third yeah yeah I guess the the one player that I would call out um, as possibly being maybe a game changer is out wide is yeah. Sami Amiobi, um, yeah, who's got four goals, so it's not not a yeah. you know massive um, return, but he's he seems to be someone who's who is quite what's the polite term unorthodox he's difficult yeah. to know how to play because he's he's kind of quite skillful he's got quite a gangly physique as well um, yeah. but how important is he for them is he's he... fundamental he's fundamental i mean going back to dave's match winners exactly he, he is fundamental rich um, is that as close as they're going to get do you think i think in it terms is of yeah that team? yeah it is yeah if anybody's going to you know they need him to pull pull rabbits out of the hat the question is is he pulling another rabbits out um mm. one of them said about him if there was a highlights plaque package of close control beating a man as if he wasn't there and passing the ball crisp, crisply to feet amiobi would be in every cliff <laughs> he's slip. a youtube video here for yeah. yeah yeah he is yeah he's a class above everyone else even on an off day and one of them this is this is this is this is savage dropping amiobi would make us even more unwatchable if such a thing is imaginable <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Um, yeah, it's a uh, yeah. We've we've been there. Um, he can be pivotal for us, but the problem is he's lacked interest. They've said he's switched off, really properly switched off in games, looking like he didn't want to be on the pitch. He seems to spend more time running up blind alleys than than producing anything useful. But they said that he has to play regardless, as there isn't anyone else like him in the squad. Mm. Um, he's and got, he, he yeah, wa- that surprise factor, I think, isn't he? Yeah, he does exactly that. He's he's as I say, he can what we talked about earlier. You know, he's with with the two hole wingers. Um, you know. He he looked involved at Loftus Road, and had one of his better days. And they went yeah, two one. did he have a shot? And I think they yeah. scored the goal from. I think they maybe. scored the goal from. That was the one. I think Conley got the rebound off. Mm. Exactly that. Yeah. So Amiobi is if the, if they have if there's anything approaching a danger man, he's the one to watch out for. Um, if he turns up, he's only 26. He's in the prime of his you know he's in the prime of his career, and he's, you know he would surely be looking looking for even if, if Bolton do fall down. Yeah, that move. You know, yeah, yeah, he'll be looking for another move, at least to another championship team, if nothing else. Um, um, Mr. Yeah, uh, you're yeah, you know, go for it, Mr. Buckley. Yes, yes, that's who I was going to yeah. call out. Yeah, yeah. Well, when, when when you come to look at a player, and the first comment you find is, "What the hell does Will Buckley contribute?" You kind of think, well, okay, "I can tell uh, you, five goals, yeah, Harry. Yeah, well, not many assists, fair, but not many." Yeah, um, it's interesting. He, um, yeah, they. It, it kind of went downhill pretty quickly. One of them criticised him for wearing gloves in one game when he was wearing short sleeves. Um, they're looking for anything on the him. The Marcus Stewart look, that was. Don't criticise well, that. Did he have to? Did, short, did Stewart have short sleeves mm. as well? I'll find a photo. Um, okay, I'm thinking the enough. Birmingham City League Cup semi-final. Home leg. Okay. Yeah. In fact, okay. I'm going I'm to keep going. I'm going to look now. I'm gonna... no, 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 no. You're you're on the case. Um, I'm on the no, case. They, no, they they are hammering Buckley. They absolutely are savaging him. I mean, this guy's got pedigree. He played for Watford. He played particularly he played Brighton. for Brighton. Played yeah, for yeah. Sunderland. Was on loan at Leeds. They you know they really rate him. If he's so lightweight, he's so lightweight and easily knocked off the ball. If I never see him again, it would be too soon. He's absolutely anonymous. He promises. Li- Sorry. There you go. Okay. For 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 anybody for anybody listening on on, on the radio or on on. On, their, uh, on, on the their, radio, yeah, uh, broadcasting on the telephone, on the pod, I should say. Uh, yes. uh, a photograph of um, Stuart wearing gloves and that's a short sleeve shirt. How burned into my brain, Marcus Stewart is. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, so it's a yeah. He's um, 
they, he promises little and delivers less, is what they put it. Um, yeah, I, I hope I don't ever have to suffer another afternoon of him. He'll never be a winger in a million years. He's incredibly slow, can't cross, and lacks the skill to go past anyone. They need to ask him if he's any other skills. He'd be more useful painting the stands or even if put on a typing course. That's uh, that's how. That's how he's the yeah, second highest scorer for them. That's just not, maybe they should put him up front. They could do, well. I don't know. He's it could possibly playing off off one of the two off one of the two strikers. They're, no, they're absolutely hammering him. I don't know whether it's to do with expectations or not. But you know, he actively avoids getting involved where it might hurt. They they just feel, you know, they are looking for. He's it, it, it could be an overreaction. It could be an overreaction. But uh, it's it. I, I get could, the I feeling just, that the um, the Bolton forums are maybe a bit glass half empty. Harry, would you? How yeah. do you feel about that? Well, well, certainly for this guy, but you know, you looking at it now, you know, having talked to you about it, you look and think maybe should be treated with some suspicion. One thing they did say, the problem is Amiobi's a right winger. They think Buckley is better, more effective on the right. Playing him on the left means he's inverted. Okay. Whereas, and it, which means if he can get crosses, you know, if he attacks down the right, he can actually put crosses in where he can hit the first man. Um, but talking about lack of end product, Craig Noon, who's again, another name you think would be really, really good. Ooh. You know, with his background, again, played for Brighton, played for Cardiff, notably, you know, and he was always a threat there. To be fair to him, they praise him for his industry. He doesn't give up the ghost. He chases down defenders constantly. But um, they want to know how low his pass completing, completion rate is. Um, it's uh, His stock move is breaking free and then checking like a rabbit in the headlights. How many times can you take a wrong option or plane fall over the ball? He tries he tries one trick too many and runs straight into, into a defender. Um, they say he's, it's fine being technically gifted, but if you don't create chances or score goals, it's pointless. We've had this, wow, he yeah. sounds like the standard championship winger, right? Winger, exactly. Yeah, if he was, if, if he had, if he had a better end product, he'd be, he'd be playing a, le- a league up. But um, he, t- it generally tends to be Buckley starting and Noon off the bench, though sometimes it can be the other way around. So, but Amiobi on one side and then one or the other on, on or t'other on the left. Can yeah. you um, tell me what's happened to Yannick Wilshite? Or what bullshit, or whatever we call him. That's a good point, actually. Luke Chambers' best mate. He was. Um, he has not played in any of the. I haven't even looked him up. Something that happened that there. I'll, I'll, I don't. I'll go back to Google. I know he. Um, yeah. 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 Well, you, you, you should you get to strikers because I'll, 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 I'll. Let's talk about the two front men that they have got. Um, don't, I'll, uh, which one? Do we, if we, we'll, we'll come back to Josh McGinnis. Let's do Clayton Donaldson first. He's thirty-five. Joined them from Sheffield United in the summer. Ex-Brentford, we know. Birmingham, particularly, we all remember. in Sheffield, as we say, the Blades, Sheffield United. Um, if playing him on his own up front has to be the least threatening attack in world football. <laughs> it's, it's boring, clueless, predictable and uninspiring. He's 35. You've got to remember that. You know, he was, you know, he's, he, he was really brought in as a bench option with about three or four of the strikers. They are furious with Adam Lafondre being sold in the summer. That's, they keep going, going back to that. They needed him for variety and the fact that he can finish. But poor old Donaldson. The, the issue is about his like criticise his anticipation and reading of the game. He doesn't see crosses coming in. He's he's he 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 can't react quickly enough. But that could actually be a function of age. Him getting caught flat-footed and not attacking space. So it could well be that that's that's why Donaldson is um is you know he just doesn't have it in him. You know that the brain is saying one thing and the body. Isn't, isn't isn't able to cope with it. The one thing he does do, though, he can hold the ball up. That's the one thing. The ball does stick to him, and he can lead the line with a bit of quality. So it could well be, going back to the midfielders and the wingers, if he's not getting the quality into him, 
he can't then do anything with it, you know, particularly if you're up against championship defences. Um, but the lack of reaction is the biggest criticism. And they don't like the fact he has, and I remember this before, he does work hard, but they said that he does go down far too easily for such a big unit. He has, you know, he does lose his strength in the penalty area. They say that about him. But um, he's the one player they say the ball will stick to. He's aggressive, strong, and he does make intelligent runs. But it's not, it's just whether he's quick enough to be able to do it. Yeah. He, he generally has been a bench option. He has been tried out wide, believe it or not, which has just, again, baffled, baffled supporters when, they, when, they, when he's been swung into a wide role. Um, McGuinness is the option, is the, is the, the standard person he's, who, who leads the line. Top scorer, um, yeah, but only with six. I mean, yeah, exactly. Know. And he came from Charlton, Northern Ireland. He had a really good start to the season, didn't he? I, think. I seem to recall yeah. he scored on his debut, maybe twice yeah. actually on his debut. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's not worked for him by the look of it. Oh, no, he's, he's he's regressed with the team in a way. Um, they've revert, he, they said about him, he's he's reverted to what he is, an honest League One player. Um, I'm really disappointed with his inability to hold the ball up. A target man who can't win headers. The ball can't, And this is the big thing. They say he, whereas with Donaldson, the ball will stick to him. With McGinnis, it simply won't. Right. They said the ball is bouncing yards off him. You know, it's, um, you know... He, one of them said they, they criticised his movement, not so much in terms of his industry chasing down defenders, but he can't read runs, etc. And one of them described, said he was as mobile as a brick, is how they put it. <laughs> He's utterly static. But he did get into double figures in both of his League One campaigns. So it's this thing. I mean, come on and talk it's about like it. The, uh, the, the Jordan the, the, Rhodes Earnshaw yeah, kind of thing, but a league exactly. below, is it? Yeah, it's the, the key for more question is what the I call key it. Key for more so, question. You know, somebody key for who, more quandary. There you go. Exactly. That's somebody who is, and it's a question we'll come on and talk about in a bit, I think, because. Who do we want? Do you want a Josh McGuinness, who's palpably good enough for League One, but who is palpably not good enough for the Championship? Or do you want somebody who is a prospect, who is yet, who's got question marks over him, who you think could blossom, you know, maybe even after two seasons in League One, to come through and be a really brilliant Championship a championship player? It's a, it's a fascinating one. But for poor old McGuinness, I'd say he will, he will lead the line, but you, you, you feel... That Chambers and Inciala, if it is those two, whoever it is, will be will be will be strong enough. They say about him, he struggles to make the ball stick. You can't fault the ground he covers. He's probably a lower league centre forward. Definitely not a target man because his control is hopeless. If he's played in a four-four-two with balls being pumped into him, he could probably score with the right partner. So that okay. you know, there you go. But yeah. I assume he's a physical presence that might run around a little yeah. bit. And, yeah, exactly yeah. that. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but he's a he's a kind of a, he's a League One target man basically. So if 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 that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. Well, I'm feeling all very positive, Harry. And then I remember that we're below them in the league, so exactly. I won't hold my breath on that one. Exactly. What we should do though is have a quick butchers at um, Daryl's combined eleven, shall we? Yeah, we shall do. Yeah. Um, which this week is a three-five-two. I'm liking the look of yeah. the. The front two partnership will be it. Their peak, maybe. Yeah. Lack of pace, but maybe. Yeah. It's a it's a very narrow team. Yes. It's a very narrow team. Let's say that out straight, just for starters. Um, it's um, Keith Brannigan. In goal, yeah, um, that's so. I think he was he played a lot for Bolton Wanderers. He was really one of their main keepers. I think through the nineties, he was the pre. I assume he was the pre. Um, um, what's his face? Oh man, what's the who's the Finnish goalkeeper that played for them for about yeah, a decade? Yes, yeah, Jaskalainen. Jaskalainen, thank you. Yeah, I think he was pretty yeah, Jaskalainen, yeah. wasn't he? And he mm-hmm. played for us in the Premier League, I think. He might have had a yeah. couple of games for us in the League Cup and the maybe a, mm. one or two appearances in the league, I think. In the Premier. Yeah. And then the yeah. back three, um, again, a player more for his Bolton prowess than his 
his half an hour, his 45 minute spell in defence for away at QPR, Mark Fish. Um, for anyone who <laughs> remembers his, his time at Ipswich, it was end, ended very quickly. Um, Glenn Keeney's not a name I know. I don't know if that's. Uh... He's, no, he's, he goes back to. He, he, he played for a couple of years. He wasn't, a, he wasn't the mainstay. He was in the Ipswich team in the early 70s, 72, 74, around that era, in Robson's first team, but he was a fringe player. And I think then, right at the end of his career, he then played for Bolton, if I'm not mistaken, in the late 80s. So he's kind of. We kind of bookended his career, as it were. But he's a, he's a, he's a pretty orthodox centre back, if memory serves me right. Yeah. And alongside Reese Wabara. There's a name. There's a, lone, There's a name. Yeah. It, it, Rabar is in that kind of group, you know, with uh, Giles Coke and uh, the great Larson Touré. Well, you know, speaking uh, of, Giles Coke's yeah, on the bench, actually. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, one of these, one of these kind of Mick you know, Malarchik, you know, one of these great, one of these great names. Um, yeah, his career fizzled out. He was one of those. He was a Man City youth product. I remember that. And I looked at his career up just to see. He went Doncaster, Barnsley, Wigan, and then he had one appearance for Bolton in 2017. And I think he's still eligible to play in terms of his age, but he seems to have just, um, it's a career fizzling out, really. It's, mm. it's the only way you can describe it. He's, you know, it's it's a strange one, that. But, you know, obviously, Man City youth system, high hopes and all the rest of it, yeah. But um, Well, if you're worried about the back three, don't worry, because guarding oh, yeah. that back three is <laughs> Ivan Campo. Yeah. And some people forget that he played for us. I think it was... a. Uh, a little bit of a weird cameo for him at the end. The midfield's decent, actually. You've got Keith Andrews in there, yeah, so Liam two, Trotter. I, I have those two as the sitters. Um, yeah. So that, uh, you know, again, you could possibly say wing halves again. Oh, Trotter and Campo, if, if, yeah. If you're playing a back, if you're playing a back three, actually, Trotter and Campo might work better. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Andrews. Feeney's a winger in my book. Yeah, he is a winger. He's, you'd have him out on the right, so you could probably be in this system. You'd have him possibly as a wing back. Can it? Can, can own Garvin is the other option? Yeah, can, can he play you... out? Mm, he could play left, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that might be. I don't remember him at Bolton either. When did he mm. play to Bolton? No, he only. It was 2014. At the end of his career, he had. A, he only had three appearances there. It was very. Yeah, it was just. A, it was. It's just a, ta- a tail it off, really. Um, and we also front, have Nigel. Though. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We just say on the midfield options, we have Nigel Rio Coker um, or Giles Coke to bring come <laughs> in, which would obviously strengthen the midfield immensely. No oh, question at wow. all about that. Hall of Famers, yeah. potential Hall of Famers, right there. But up front, I'm, ve- I'm very excited by the look of John Walters and Ian Marshall up front. That would be fun. That would be no lack of personality there. Absolutely, yeah. Love that. High yeah. balls, high balls into the box. Mm. Good stuff, Daryl. There, yeah. we got some um, on Thank the you. books, but did not play for Aaron Lee Barrett and David Norris. I don't think they yeah. they change anything there. But um, no, they wouldn't change. It wouldn't change anything. It's a, it's a narrow team, but I do. You know, Feeney outside. I don't know whether Andrews. You know, but you, no, we don't really have anybody on the left. You know, we've nobody left-sided here. We'll love, but we'll love uh, Garvin out there. Just yeah, to, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can just thread balls through to Walters and, and Marshall. Yeah, hope and pray. Excellent Good stuff. Well, Thanks, thank you, Daryl, for that you. as thank, always, thank and hopefully you. a bit less controversy this week. We'll um, mm. we'll find out when we tweet it. Um, should yep. we do some questions, Harry? Let's have yep, some questions. Um, let's see if I can do these in any logical order. No, I'm just going to read them out as I see them. Um, Jack's larder is Grant Ward worth a try as a League One player? I guess see also Tom Adiemi, who apparently has returned to training this week as well. But Grant Ward is the question. Any thoughts on that? Depends what we're trying to do, and it depends who else we've got. Um, you know, you've got some players you're kind of thinking, okay, well, they've, they've had their time with us, and it's been good, and or not so good, or it's been, you know, it, they've, they've, played, they've played their part. 
and maybe it's time to gently move on. I've no criticisms of Ward because we talked about this on the um, on the mailback show a couple of weeks ago. For me, I always say about Ward, give him a specific brief and he'll do it. He was always he just lacked consistency mm. and and also he could he didn't really have a specific role, which is which goes against him as well. And you could argue, you know, with a very young team in League One, you might find a role for him. But I I just feel I I think it might be good for him and for us if he was to. To take his career on elsewhere, I, and that's not that's not a criticism of him. I just feel, in terms of where we're going, I'm not sure he'd necessarily. I feel he might more increasingly stick out as a sore thumb. But that, I, it, having said that, he'll end up playing 40 games next season and scoring 15 he goals. Could be the Goldrick, couldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He could be. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That that, that could I, that could be unfair. That could be unfair. I wonder good whether. Question. I mean, good question. Yeah, it's a good yeah. question. It's um. Do you subscribe mm. to the thought that Grant Ward was unfortunate when he was um, with us under Mick because he'd come in and have a good game and then be bombed out of the team the next week? Do you do you agree with that kind of theory that he was? No, I do. No, or, I do. Or that he was picked for a very specific reason. Yeah. Game each game to the next. Yeah. No, I agree. He didn't. He didn't really have a role in the team. Mm. He had bits of roles in different. It's, it's the versatility thing again. He had bits of roles, whereas so many of our players, you knew very, you could, you know, within, you know, if you say the name Cold Skews, you say the name Nudson, you say whoever you say, and you kind of go right. I know what they're doing. Yes. You say the name Ward. Ooh, is he um, a winger? Well, is he? A, yeah. yeah. What he, it's, it's what he's doing today. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And Maybe. in that sense, it's it's gone against him. But yeah. as for, I saw Tommy Adiemi, I I would gently. No, I just say good luck, Tom. That was yeah. A, yeah that was. A, I, I'm yeah. not sure I think to deliver on that. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll see him before the season's out. Um, Benjamin Area, really interesting question. This one next season is yeah. squad depth more important than sorry, squad quality more important than depth? Mm. And what type of players should we aim to be signing? So I think we've we've talked a, a little bit on the flagship and maybe previous shows um, that we think we need a. A, a bit of maybe some nastiness and some yeah. um, some old heads maybe in there or some more physical presence. Anything, any thought on this kind of squad quality versus squad depth thing? Mm. Particularly we've talked about Giles Coke. That was kind of the era of depth over <laughs> quality, wasn't it? Um, any thoughts about whether uh, that's the way to go in League One? Uh, gi- well, given that quality, I, th- I think to me, it's it, to some degree, it's a no-brainer. If, given that quality looks like relegating both teams playing tomorrow because neither team has much, you've got to look there first. I think quality, to me, trump, trumps volume every time. Um, and if you look, I mean, I was looking looking at Sunderland. I know they had a good win over Accrington during the week, but the number of draws that they've had this season, I've been watching a lot of the league. It's worth doing on, on Questor. Just start watching a lot of League One highlights, everybody, just to get acclimatised to what you're up against. The amount of time players have is really quite remarkable it's such a different tempo certainly from anything i've seen in the championship as in they um, have more time harry oh more time yeah no question about that it's what i've seen in build-up play you see you see them coming through to the box and whilst it may not seem at at the time but when you look at the chat when you mirror that against championship highlights where it's instant mm, it's in instant, your face instant, yeah. in your face it's so relentless <clears throat> it's quite it's quite interesting um quality over volume Every time for me, but again, we talked just a minute ago about the Kiefermore thing. There was, and I mentioned Kiefermore because something came up on the Southwest WhatsApp group, or somebody, some one of these stat analysis people came up and said, "Who do Ipswich need next year to complete the team?" And hey, presto, the machine spat out the name Kiefermore as somebody <laughs> who will be 
tall and strong and athletic and industrious with a proven track record in League One. And I'm kind of going, oh, bloody hell, that, that, that's not Didn't ridiculous. Whatever. he used to play for... Oh, yeah. No, he played for Yeovil. His, his famous thing was... His, I was at that game, the one that we had against Yeovil. He came off the bench and he nearly dismantled the goalpost with one shot. I'll never forget it as long as I live. He absolutely smashed the ball against the goalpost. Over the shoulder, he spun around and he laced it. It was some some hit and we were convinced it was one of those we were at the opposite end of the field you could see the ball hitting the post and it was about the 80 or 87th minute and you could see it going across and you thought oh no it was going to hit the net and everyone was going to erupt it didn't it, it, it went across and it kept going so it didn't it didn't go into the goal and then we, we were all oh here we go here's the late winner you're used to it the home crowd erupted it didn't happen and then obviously he came to us and we know the rest of it but that's Mick spotted him then I think he thought yeah. uh, yet another one of these prospects who he felt could actually could do a job I speculate but the, to accumulate yeah, yeah but that's the question that's the question I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it out to everybody just to get everyone's thoughts on it what do we want that type of player who can do a competent job in league one or what we know would probably struggle going up a level or do we want um do we want to go for somebody who's possibly less proven but has more quality my instinct is to err on the size of quality you need to have balance so we do need to have a few wise old heads throughout the spine of the team but if in doubt err on the side of quality rather than on the side of volume we're, um, there's a slightly different format for next week's show, which we'll come on to in a second. So um, yeah. maybe we'll put that question out there and read through some of those tweets next mm-hmm. week. Yeah. Um, moving mm-hmm. on, we've got two questions of a similar um, on a similar kind of topic, so I'll read them both out. Um, I'm from Mullet. Um, the aforementioned Mullet. Are ITFC and Bolton Wanderers two dead clubs? They're getting a new. They're getting a new owner. We're getting the same old from ours. Whose future is brighter? And let me lob in Simon, Portman Ginge. When you look at mm. the way Bolton and a few other clubs are run, does Marcus Evans deserve some credit for at least keeping us stable? Um, how do you want to pitch this one, Harry? Where where should we go? Who, who would you rather? Whose situation would you rather be in as of today? Hobson's choice. And then look at um, next season. I guess at least Marcus Evans is strong and stable, if you pardon the expression, <laughs> for now. But as we've talked about at the start, strong and stable, but taking us down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mm. any thoughts on this? Yeah, it's um, compared to some of what I call the case studies out there, Evans hasn't destroyed the club. But the fact stands that we will still be in League One next season, along with some teams that were viewed as basket cases like Blackpool and Charlton, you know, where they've had mm. baseballs and or, or tennis balls, tennis I should balls, say, yeah, and, yeah. and very various items thrown on the pitch. We haven't had that. It's been it's been managed to decline rather than anything pernicious happening, um, and the processes within the club are very good and clear. We have clear lines of communication from a corporate point governance point of view. It's all excellent, but to me the question mark against Evans. I don't want to have another run at them here, but you've got to look at content, content and judgment. Um, my my fears for Evans, and it's not it's not to have a dig at him, but it. My fears looking at the pattern over the last decade is that I'm not sure how good he is at seeing risks and opportunities. And there's also the inherent risk of a non-footballing man making the footballing financial judgments. And we ha- and you cannot avoid the fact that we have declined. Mm. And we are in that same bit of the Venn diagram as teams financially, like Charlton, like Barnsley, like um, upper-end League One, lower-end championship teams. That's, that's now our hinterland, as it were. Um, now, you can argue... I mean, Ben was brilliant um, on on the mailbag show a couple of weeks ago, where he just he just let rip about the chaotic finances in the in the um, in the championship. But just as equally, 
we you know we are going through a, a, a process of managed decline. It feels like that anyway. Yeah, I mean that's why I, I, I just take uh, yeah. maybe exception to well, not exception. Go to on, Simon. go, go for it. Simon, thank you for your question. But I guess his his point is that Evans has kept to stable. I guess his interpretation of stable is, you know, financially we're not going to fall off a cliff or anything like that. No. But in yeah. terms of stability, well, the trajectory for the last two seasons and generally since maybe the yeah. start of the noughties is downwards yeah. isn't it so it that is, isn't yeah. stable that is a slow decline um yeah. in my book um mm. but we're not you know we're not going to the high court in may are we and potentially no. being kicked out of the no. league so yeah to mullet's point whose future is brighter i guess if they get a new owner great but yeah. as dave said on the sunday show careful what you wish for because they could be playing red and they could be called bolton tigers or something and you know yeah down to yeah, league you, two you just don't yeah, know yeah, there are some mad vanity projects running around in football. I don't know why the industry attracts them, but it does. Um, f- going back to Mullet's aspect, you know, I don't think we are dead because of our fan base. And you look at teams like the nearest point of reference to me will be a team like Portsmouth. I know they've struggled a little bit, but because they've got such a strong core of support, mm. that's the thing that ultimately, you know, maybe it might be, hopefully it won't be too long, but hopefully that's the thing that will see us through and get us, you know, and, and, ultimately point us in the right direction. I think Lambert has been brilliant at spotting that. But um, but it might, I'll say I've written it down and been, I was thinking about Mullet's question. It might need a new owner to get us back to where we should be because we are clearly underperforming given the scale of the club benchmarking us against other teams of our size. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's mm. try and uh, let's do one more kind of <laughs> glass half empty question than a positive to couple. Um, Andy yeah. Grimes, what game yeah. or moment has hurt you the most this season? John's, John Walter's injury is heartbreaking, but he'd go for the Bristol City home game. Have you got a low yeah. ebb or a no, it's funny. moment that hurt you, Harry? No, that is funny. Without seeing the second, I saw the question and I didn't see his answer because before that Bristol City home game came into my head. Okay, And, it, you know, the, the five stages of grief that was the dep- that was the depression moment in the five stages of grief. It really yeah. was. You just thought, oh God, you know, just when you thought, right, we've, we're here now. We're group. We've regrouped. We can push on. And it was that that, that absolutely killed me. I don't know what yours was. That that was mine. Yeah. And in terms of a moment that hurt, um, I think. Well, I could go as far back as the Rotherham away game. I keep talking about that Rotherham away game and yeah. that last minute defeat. Um, I think that hurt Paul Hurst's. Um, yeah. chances of being successful um, mm-hmm. I, I think the, the, any defeat to Norwich is going to hurt but I think the game at Carraro which certainly wasn't a 3-0 in, by any any stretch of the imagination and they're smug yeah. again I, I kind of felt that um, that was unnecessary in, in, a, in a season that's basically been a <laughs> massive pile of crap hasn't it yeah. um, too many to mention I think Andy yeah. um, let's try and flip it around shall we um, Sam Chapman there you go Sam Chapman of 76 what's been your highlight of the season if you've ever won um, and are you and Harry going to talk about Brentford game two we're not going to talk about Brentford we'll do a post-match mm. on Brentford next week yeah. but more on that in a sec yeah. highlights any highlights Harry um, I'd say Jack Lancaster's emergence yeah. yeah Lancaster definitely the Mad Swansea game was hilarious that was fun that was <laughs> yeah, and there, the, one, the one chance you had to hug people in the stand towards the end of a game with a late winner that was a laugh um, it really was it was bonkers game of football that was but no exactly the green shoots coming through seeing Dazelle as well beginning to show flashes of what I think we're going to see in the future there's a you think of Dazelle and we talked about last last week that my player of the championship player of the season is Reese James you would hope that someone like Dazelle might without hyping him up too much he could make that next 
the game comes as naturally to him as it does to James. And he could have that level of quality. And I've seen enough flashes from him as well. But definitely Lancaster would be up there as well mm. as individual players. And that could be, going back to Lambert's point about the young players coming through, that could be, um, you know, th- you know that that's where the real hope is. Yep. Well, we'll see. We'll First see. off at Reading as well, that was enjoyable. Yes, as well. yes, yeah, that was brilliant. Um, Arthur Pickthorne, who is your favourite player from our 17 years in the Championship, mm. not including Lonies? His mm. is Coochie. Um, he got... Um, he got me hooked on town when I was little. Um, honourable mention to Cresswell Chambers and Alan Lee. Um, anyone, anyone not on that list? We've obviously got the recent Hall of Famer, Jason mm. DeVos, that I would probably lob into that mix as well. Yeah, DeVos is a good, good call. Yeah. Cresswell probably, hard... in terms of stature yeah. now, maybe is probably... There's, well, there's two questions. You've got to say, that there are players who we admire... And you can give objective criteria for that. Now, Cresswell is in that group for me because I remember it was, it was a grim 1-0 Christmas game away to Reading again and in the Jewel era. And I remember coming away and thinking Cresswell was the one thing, little bit of hope that you could hold on to because it was the Jimmy Bullard era and you just felt the, the slightly rubbish Jimmy Bullard era, if I can say that. Um, you know, we were just playing, we were playing in front of Reading all game. We were never going to score and you just, you just felt futile but Cresswell you come away feeling you you admired him but I think I think admiring players is one thing but you are also given permission to love players and loving players is different that's where you have an emotional connection with them you just get them on a whole other level now for me as a kid it was Trevor Weimark I just adored that player I felt you look at the modern game and you think he could he could have comfortably played at this in the modern game he was able to go past players a great finisher and all the rest of it Go a good half hour on him, no problem. So you're looking at the, if you you know Johnny Williams was a player I loved because again there was just something about him that you just felt a connection with. So on, but obviously he's a lonely, so he can't count. And I'm afraid I just keep all roads lead to Chambers for me. They really, okay. really do. That's yeah. if there's one one player from this decade in the Hall of Fame, it's going to be him. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. Yeah, I'd, well, I'd lob in, um, I'd lob in Murphy for that 14-15 season, which where yeah. he was for mm. for good chunks of that season, he was just in a totally different league to the rest of his career. Just everything yeah. seemed to work. He was the forefront of everything for us. And, yeah. you know, it's a shame that he, he left when he did because I think probably he would have maybe made a difference the, the season. I think it was two seasons afterwards that he left or two, maybe it was a season two seasons after. That, two seasons afterwards, we we, we, we lost him at the Norwich life. game or something. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd also yeah. lob in Connor Wickham, just for one of our own, you know, one of, <laughs> well, not one of our own. We we stole him from Reading because he moved out, but um, yeah, you know, he made an impression as well. But yeah, I think he, Cro- he, yeah, that run against, was it against a relegated Sheffield United? Sheffield team? United, yeah, from the from his God. own half. Yeah, I forget that he just kept going, going. It was like a George Weah. He just kept going, <laughs> and going, and going. They didn't really put much of a fight they did there. No, I think. that was no, the only shame. No, and Tyrone Mings, I'd lob Tyrone Mings into the mix. That's as well. high, yeah. Just the story, the kind of right, you know the. Working mm. his way out from Chippenham Town. Um, let's end on two food-related questions. And no idea why um, Harvey and Mikey have, have asked us this, but um, I, I'm sure we're going to get in all kinds of trouble to answer these, Harry. So make sure you get these right. Okay. Harvey Davies, big question. Ketchup in the fridge or in the cupboard? That's a good one. Um, it, it's, it's kept in the fridge here, but I would keep it in the cupboard. Put it that way. Um, I'm, I'm not fudging. I'm fudging. Cupboard for me. Cupboard okay. for me. 
cupboard. So I was hoping that we'd be friends there, Harry, but I keep it in the fridge because oh. only because I want to preserve it for as long as possible. Because I'm not, I, I'll have ketchup on a bacon sarnie and on chips every mm. now and then, but because I'm trying to eat more healthily, that's those instances are fewer and far between. So I want to maintain <laughs> the longevity of the ketchup as much as I can, which is oh, why dude, I put it in the a, fridge. A schism, a schism. I'm so sorry. One question. We, okay. We've got on so well, Harry, until uh, April, know. and then suddenly. Oh, well, let, this is, let, let's see if we agree on this one. Mikey Penty Smith, who um, hosted okay. the flagship show excellently on Sunday. Um, yeah. Sauce to the pasta or pasta to the sauce? There's a wrong answer right. here. <laughs> sorry. <I'm not> just... <laughs> okay. Let me put it this way. It's pasta to the pesto, but it's sauce to the pasta. I know I'm in trouble again. It's sauce I know to the pasta. It's... I'm not sure I get the pesto. But... No, pesto generally, I warm pesto up in a, in a saucepan and then I'll add the pasta to okay, it. Okay, and, okay, and okay. Shit yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. But in, on a plate, pasta first and then sauce on top. Good, we can be friends again, Harry. Oh, Phew. my God. You recovery. want to swung it back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the questions, everyone. I, I welcome culinary questions oh, um, yeah. every every week. Um, Let's just, um, let's do, well, should we do a few plugs and I'll explain what we're going to do next week? Um, yeah, can you sure. tell us about yeah. your blog and your Twitter? And, and yeah, the, the blog goes up on TWTD um, at lunchtime tomorrow. And um, the headline is to do with the fact that the game is actually on because there was a huge <laughs> outpouring of relief and joy there. It'll be at lunchtime on TWTD, Friday lunchtime. And you can find it on my Twitter link, which is at Harry from Bath. Brilliant stuff. Um, you can find my Twitter at Ips Rich um, and the channel at Blue Monday icfc and next week um if he's mm. remembered um we will be <laughs> we will be joined by um one benjamin bloom none um, other than who's none been a bit elusive that. actually on the channel he's he's doing his yeah. championship stuff he's or he's doing weddings and bar mitzvahs mm. and you know i don't know school stuff and all that kind of stuff so very busy guy at the moment but he's going to join us on um next week to talk um brentford post-match um yeah. are you going to brentford harry or I'm, are you going to i'm going to it? i'm going to brentford as well absolutely. brilliant i'll, I'll yeah. host with mm. um having sat in the armchair um, mm. and watch that and we'll chat um birmingham city as well um yeah can i quickly call out as well this week in itfc history which is um it's getting some really good feedback this week really good show this week Really yeah. enjoyed listening to the guys do that one. Um, so you can find that in the usual places. Um, and as described, um, we will be back next week. The flagship flagship show will be back with Ben, Amy and Joe, I think, on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we'll be back and fingers crossed. Yeah. Hey, maybe a win to talk about, Harry. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, never know. You yeah, never, never know. know. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great weekend, everyone. <laughs> TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.